Awesome. All right, brother. Set. All right. What's going on, everybody? I'm back here on my podcast, but I'm taking a little bit of a different turn on this one. You're used to seeing some of my other episodes with some of the shows I'm doing, but I have a guest who many of you may know from the hit Cartoon Network show, Ed and Nettie. He voiced Ed, but not Double D. Ed with one D, <laughs> Mr. Matt Hill. How you doing? Yeah, well, it is very, very good to be here, um, uh, Mr. Mike Lewis. Um, and hello to all of your podcaster uh, fans all over uh, the planet. Absolutely. <laughs> I was just hoping everybody had buttered toast for breakfast tonight. <laughs> it's good to see you still have the uh, voice going after all these years, you know? Yeah, when I turn 80, you know, it'll be like, oh, how are you? <laughs> it'll be probably, you know, it follows like incontinence and stuff like that. So, you know, right now we just like, <laughs> let him live, let him live. <laughs> yeah, how, how has uh, this year kind of been for you? I know it's been crazy where I'm at, at least in the beginning of this. We're doing a little better now, but um, how is it for you? I know you're in Canada, right? Yeah, I am on the uh, the left coast, the west coast. I guess about um, two hours north of um, Seattle in the Great Pacific Northwest. Um, so you know, it's been wild, dude. Like, never did I think, you know, like when January came around, that like within you know eight weeks we'd be you know hearing about a pandemic and then this whole complete like you know left turn, you know, like uh, you know kind of way that we've all had to just rejig everything. Um, you know, so from us up in here in Canada, um, I, you know, in one way expect, I feel so grateful that, you know, being say right now living in Canada, um, you know, all the ways that people have to be able to say, you know, get medicine or get help if they need it really fast, um, because of our universal healthcare and, um, you know, and, and at the same way, I think kind of like what you were intimating too, with how New York took it on. And when I think we've all kind of had to, in our own kind of like, almost like like WTF moments that we've had all around the planet going like, what? Uh, what? Oh my God. Cause I know I had that same, you know, cause for so long I thought, oh, okay, man, that's just crappy that it's over there. It's really crappy that, you know, there's this thing they're calling like a big, you know, I didn't even heard the word pandemic. Right. So we thought, oh man, this is a nasty flu that, oh man, I'm so sorry that it's going through China and through Europe. And then, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, it's coming over here. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Right. So I think we all had that moment globally, you know, obviously in different stages where we all had to just go like, OK, COVID-19. All right. Do what I can do. Wash my hands. <laughs> you know, don't touch my face. Stay away from people, you know, which is hard because we're so social. We're, you know, I'm a massive high fiver and a hugger. Right. So like that's that's my yeah, that's my M.O. for the planet. Right. You know, I always say, like, if Ed could just hug and, uh, you know, be with the world, he would, right? So it's been it's been interesting to, to to just have to go, okay, well, as long as I know I do my part, right? And so, like, for us up here in Canada, like you're saying, you know, wash our hands lots and, you know, social distance from people. And also, at the same time, um, wear a mask now, as they're saying, is probably the best way to, you know... Um, just ensure kind of in a way I'm protecting people from me, right? It's more, it, it, it makes me actually feel better about say wearing something like that because, you know, 
I, I wouldn't want to make somebody sick. Right. And, and so, you know, it, it helps us all, I think, kind of navigate this thing. Um, I mean, because dude, I was set to be running across North America again. So in May, you know, in April, um, I originally, I was, I was scheduled to start on earth day. So April 22nd, um, and run across Canada and then hang a right when I hit the U S border and go through Maine and then go basically do a second version of run for one planet. So, yeah. So with, you know, obviously COVID, it was just like, Oh, okay. Schools are locked down. Nobody's, you know, nobody's allowed to go in or out of both of our countries. Um, And then even when it first started um, in my delusional positive self, I thought, well, you know what, I'll still be able to like at least go across Canada, you know, in my, in my hope of hopes. And I think it was a little bit of sort of like hoping. Um, But then when, you know, when March came around as, as you had the same thing, you know, and we all had to basically lock down in place. Um, that's when I went, okay, you know what? I've done all this training. I can still do my runs. So I really actually felt like more like Ed because I just did one loop from Kitsilano here in Vancouver, um, 21 kilometers out. And I literally had food, turned around, came home. And I did that for uh, 69, I guess I did, I've done 69 marathons at this point. Um, so, so virtually I've gone 3000 K. So if I had gone across Canada, I would have been in the middle of Ontario, which I guess is probably what in the middle of like, what's below Ontario, like, um, Michigan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So somewhere around there. Yeah. And if I had started and gone down South first, I would have, you know, rounded and high five down into Mexico and I'd be down into around sort of like, you know, Western Arizona right now. So that's how I was kind of always looking at it as, okay, I'm still doing these marathons up here to, to sort of say, okay, you can still do something. You can still share some good stuff with your message to the world. Um, and, and that's what I did, you know? Um, and then being part of this thing called Cameo, which has been brilliant because, um, oh, it says connection got lost. Oh, are you still there? Yeah. Hey, hello. I can still see you. Hey, hello. You're fine. You still there, dude? Oopsies. Hmm. Hello. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Are you back? Yeah, I still heard you the entire time. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it does that, I guess. Hey. <laughs> Technology. Um. But being able to do Ed even a ton and help, it's been amazing because they, uh, they invited me to join, you know, this, it's cameo.com. So you send video messages to people for, you know, their birthdays or for their, you know, um, special events or whatever. And, and uh, that's been amazing because for the most part, it's been for Ed. Um, so it's been amazing to be able to, you know, people be like, hey, it's, you know, Ed, Ed and Eddie's been my favorite since childhood and you know, and so it's neat to be able to go along and, you know, I put my phone up to myself and it's got this app on it and I'm like, hello there, sparkly person, happy birthday and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so once again, it's been a neat way to stay in the game and be able to, you know, um, I guess spread some joy, right. In a, in a pretty crazy time for everybody. No. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you've got a lot of uh, things you said that I kind of want to get into. Cause I know, uh, you mentioned about Pacific Northwest. I was going to ask you, I mean, I know American football might not be because there's no Canada teams, obviously. 
I, I have to mean to ask you, are you a Seahawk fan? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, contrary, uh, there actually is a Canadian football league. So there is professional football in Canada, but it's definitely a little bit different than the American NFL game. Um, but uh, yeah, if you know what, I was going to say, yes, in all fairness, I yes, I'm a Hawks fan, you know, um, <laughs> but because I spent a lot of time in LA as well. A few years ago, I became a, a you know, um, a, what do you call it? Uh, LA fan as well. So, um, you know, I'll just stick to the West coast. Cause you know, if I see the East coast, I'll get beat up. Right. Because people, you know, be like, oh, you're not, you're not a fan. You're not a fan. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can see it. I don't know if you can see it behind me or not. Hold on. Let me adjust. I got the yeah. Seahawks Super Bowl uh, flag behind me. So yeah, I am a Seahawks fan, not a bandwagoner though. Ah, well, you know what? I'm probably more of a bandwagoner. So, you know, I mean, you're the real deal, right? That's uh, you. So did you go to any games at all? Wow, it's crazy you asked me that because um, that year that we won the Super Bowl, so where I'm at is obviously close to New York. So the Giants and uh, Jets both play actually, believe it or not, like five minutes from where I live. So wow. The, yeah, so the stadium is pretty much within walking distance of me oh. if, I, if I really wanted to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was uh, the regular season. I think it was like they play a 17-week schedule, so it was like week 15. We had like a snowstorm come and hit us, and I was scheduled to go and actually see the Seahawks play the Giants at the stadium. The game obviously like happened and everything, but they had to get all the snow shoveled out the night before. So it was really special because yeah. – that year, Super Bowl was played in the same stadium, like uh, right where I was at the game. So it was yeah. really cool to uh, kind of go there and uh, yeah. experience a special oh, season like that. Absolutely. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, and then this was sorry, three years ago, two years ago? Oof, probably a little longer, maybe yeah. like seven, yeah. maybe even. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but like you say, right? Like what, a spe- like, what a neat thing that, you know, thank God you said, you know what? It's right down the street. I'm going, right? It's, uh, you know, and you have all these great memories, right, to to be able to carry forward. And I think it's sometimes the times when we go, nah, you know what, I think I'll give it a miss. It, You know, I, I don't know. Life automatically shows you later on that it's like, a, oh, I should have done it. I should have gone, right? You know? Right. So it's like going to see your favorite band, right? You know, if, if you think the ticket's too expensive, doesn't matter, go. <laughs> right? It's, uh, you know. Uh, that's, that's my motto now, especially, you know, um, and I mean, I just pray that they get a, get a vaccine fast because, you know, the world needs to like be able to keep going, you know, and like we're social creatures. We need to be able to mass gather and, you know, and come together and, you know, um, and unfortunately, obviously right now with, there's a lot of protests in the, you know, in America going on right now, which is, I know obviously is. I guess from just such a deep feeling of just not feeling heard or seen for so many years. Right. And, and uh, you know, so it's, it's amazing that even with say something like COVID rolling in, it's showing, I think our, us, our humanity of how we're forcing ourselves to maybe change and asking our, ourselves, okay, how can I make the world a better place while I'm here? You know, because like that, for some people, it's like, you know what, I'm standing up right now. And I'm even in COVID-19, I'm going to stand up for my neighborhood or I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. And, you know, um, and unfortunately, so many things get politicized. That's where we get into problems. You know, it's like religion. Same thing. It's like, I believe people are good all over the world. 
right? But unfortunately, some people's sort of doctrines go, no, if you're not this, then you're not. If you're not this, then you're not, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think everybody needs to be more like Ed and just be like, you know, just be happy and eat buttered toast and gravy and, you know, uh, like kind of in his simple way of looking at it, going like, why don't we all just come together and get along, right? And, mm -hmm. you know. Right. And you, you mentioned it. Uh, we got pretty far into it without bringing them up. So let's kind of dive now into, sure. uh, what, I'm what, into what I'm sure people are uh, <laughs> looking forward to hearing about. Um, so I want to ask you, though, because obviously I do want to ask you about kind of your casting story, but I want to ask you as well, when did you kind of get into the whole voice acting? Mm -hmm. um, it was wild. You know, in, back in Vancouver, this is how old I am, like when I was 13, um, a few years ago, uh, I decided just like I've wanted to be an actor since I was like a young little fart. So I thought, OK, I'm 13. My life's half over. Don't know why I thought my life was half over by that point. But I went, okay, today's the day. So I said, all right, I'm going to be an actor. Um, I, there was an agency in Vancouver that I'd heard on the radio were taking on clients. So off I went, took the bus downtown and, and uh, you know, just arrived and, you know, somehow convinced my first agent that I had something to offer. Um, so she said, all right, all right, young man, Mr. You know, you've got lots of, you know, energy and positivity. You know, she made me take a course so that I could start. So that, you know, in a way I didn't let her down taking a chance on me. Um, and it's amazing because, you know, within about, I guess, maybe a month after graduating, um, I got my first gig. And that was to play Santa's lead elf at a Christmas display, you know, in a local mall here in Vancouver. Um, but it's amazing because it really got me a taste of being an actor and a performer. And then um, voiceover was shortly there afterwards because uh, my agent sent me up for a, um, a radio show that recorded here. And, um, I guess I, you know, I, I sounded like the guy they wanted. So I got the part. Um, and you know, quite honestly, within about maybe three months of doing that show, um, I was a union member. Um, and then 33 years goes by like, like that. It's crazy, you know? Um, and, and so I got, I, I guess in some respects, I got really lucky at the beginning because maybe there was less people. Um, and also, it's like anybody who wants to get into voiceover or acting or sports. It's the, it's funny. The route is still the same because it's all unique for everybody. Everybody is unique in the gifts that they bring to the table to what they want to do. Right. So even though there's more of us around the planet right now, we still have the same ways that we can bring ourselves to the table. Right. Um, so like even for voiceover right now, back when I started, it was all in-person auditions. But now in the last five years, it's been more MP3s. So it's actually lowered the playing field for everybody to be able to submit for a project. So it's it's actually been a really good time for people that are just getting into voiceover to get into voiceover, you know, um, you know, because you can actually record like amazing stuff right on your iPhone. Right. Um, whereas, you know, 20 years ago they'd be like, what? No, there's no way we're, you know, we, you have to have a ton of experience. You have to blah, 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 blah. You know, now that doesn't mean that they're just like standing on the street going like, come on in Mr. Newbie or Mrs. Newbie, you know, you still got to, as like everything, right. You still got to, you still got to work to hone your craft. Right. Um, and figure out, you know, what do I sound like if it's voiceover or if you're going to be an actor, okay, what do I, what do I want my look to look like? How do I, you know, do my thing. Right. 
Um, or if it's like sports, it's like, okay, what do I need to do to get ready to, you know, try out for that team? Right. It, to me, it's still the same work ethic, right? Um, there's just different ways right now, I think, of being able to enter the, enter the scene, I guess. Right. You know? Yeah. It's actually crazy. Your whole story of how that kind of evolved for you, because all it really takes, honestly, is like one little instance or like one little attempt to try something for it to snowball into something like so yeah. much bigger than what you initially anticipated. Even with this, like the whole story of me starting my podcast, like was crazy. And this is actually, believe it or not, um, just a little under five months that I've done this and it's already like snowballed into something that I, and, <laughs> and that's, oh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that uh, the whole pandemic kind of even, although for many people and for other reasons, it hasn't been like obviously what we envisioned. In some ways, it's kind of forced me and others to maybe adapt and kind of grow like outside of their comfort zone or maybe take on new challenges to try and uh, better themselves or venture and see what their abilities are potentially yep. made of you know what i mean oh absolutely dude you nailed it right it's it's all in that same spirit of going okay what do i want and how am i going to go out and do what i want to do but in this covid world you go okay i still have the same wants still have the same desires still have the same dreams how do you mold them or shift them or like that see that even even if happens it's just sort of stay local right because you say you can't travel from place to place or whatever you still find that there's a gift waiting to be uncovered, right? Or like that new skill that you learn how to do, you know, or like you going like, you know what? I really like people. I'm going to start a podcast. And then other people go like, oh my God, this guy's awesome. You know, and then it explodes in your face. And, you know, before you know it, you got Joe Rogan phoning you going, going, hey, yo, Mike Lewis. Hey, <laughs> what up, brother? <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, <laughs> never know, hey, right? <laughs> never know. You never know. That's what I love about this life, right? It's, you know, like I one of my first big gigs, you know, internationally was a movie called A Monkey's Tale. And it was um, it was recorded in London, England. And so, you know, for me, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to get to like go to the homeland where my parents are from to go record this thing. For me, it was a great sort of, I don't know, leap forward in my career in some respects. But this massive gift actually also happened by showing up for the um, the screening, um, you know, when it was in the theaters. And there's a really, really tall dude in front of me with his daughters. And it turned out to be the lead guitarist for Queen, Brian May. So, wow. here, yeah. And I'm like instantly going like, oh, my God, that tall guy up there is that's Brian May. Holy, you know, holy crap. I turned into like the, the biggest idiot because like I'm just like, dude, God, dude. you know, after the screening. Thank God he's because he's such a kind guy. He comes up to me after he taps me on the shoulder and goes like, uh, excuse me, we, did you play the voice of that, you know, of that guy? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, good job, man. You are a really great actor. And, you know, you made my kids laugh. And then for me, that was just like, oh, my God, what a gift to say yes for, say, this role. Right. Sometimes like that, when you said yes to doing your podcast it explodes in a way that you maybe had no idea where it was going to take you. Do you know what I mean? So right. that, that's where I love that being able to, so like, thank you for inviting me on your show because 
that for me is what we all have this opportunity to do, right? Is to still, you know, make our mark in the world. What it is that we want to leave as a legacy, you know, even if we're 13 and, you know, maybe there's somebody listening to you right now that goes, man, there's this guy named Mike. He's really cool. He, you know, went after his dream. I'm going to do a podcast like him. Or, you know what, there's this guest that was on his show. You know what, I'm going to do something like that because that's what lights me up, right? You know, I, I think in some respects, we've never had a better opportunity, interestingly enough, to connect, right? Because we can't sort of fly all over the place right now and, you know, and, and, and travel sort of unrestricted. I think you alluded to it. It's allowed us to find the gifts of maybe moving and doing in a different way right where we are, even if it's from the comfort of your own home. Right. Because, you know, for no. me, sorry, go ahead. No, especially what you were saying, though, I think that a lot of cases in especially today's day and age that oftentimes and I'd say more so maybe with younger people is I feel as though maybe sometimes they get like a placement or kind of like a uh, price tag, so to speak, that they're placed on them to where they're always told like, oh, no, like you can't do this or that's unachievable or something. And I feel like right. if there's any, you know, younger people watching, like mm. to never really listen to what, you know, someone else kind of says in this aspect Absolutely. of you can't do something because you can pretty much do anything, whether it be something small. If you want to maybe become a chef, like learn how to cook, just open a cooking book. If you want to just... Pretty yep. much everything that you could pot potentially think of doing, yeah. there's no reason why you shouldn't try to achieve it and be the best at it, too. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, like that, you might you might end up finding that, you know, you love feeding people. And so like that, that just letting that little whisper to go like, hey, maybe cook a meal, you know, that might open up. You have no idea what that might open up. Right. You know, it's it's uh, oh yeah, it's um, you know, I've. I've tried not to say, I mean, I say it privately because I know why I mean it, but it's kind of like the gifts of COVID. Not that COVID is a gift because it's a really shitty virus, but it's the opportunities that we have uh, with the crappiness of this virus that's forcing us to do exactly what we're doing, is to sort of stay in place per se and, and find out, oh, okay, we could still live. We could still experience life. We can still reach for our dreams we just may have to do it in a different route or way that we sort of envisioned that we were going to do it you know mm -hmm. like Abs absolutely yeah you know so like for me i remember the moment like in march because like i in my in my eyes i'm like once i set a goal i'm like i'm doing it so i knew you know april 22nd earth day i'm gonna start in victoria bc and i'm going across canada and I don't care how long it takes me to get there. When I get to the end, I'm going to turn right and I'm going to go down through America. So in my mind, that was it. I was doing it. But when the virus came and said, uh, no, you're not, I still had that moment where I'm going, man, well, maybe I can't do anything then. Right. And I own it because I'm a human being. I had a day where I just went like, oh, my God, all my training. What am I? Schools are closed. I can't go visit anybody like, you know, like just like in America, like truck stops and restaurants were closed. So like, even if you ventured out, you couldn't feed anywhere, <laughs> right? You couldn't stay anywhere. So I was like, well, gee, that's really great. What am I supposed to do? Just a whole bunch of marathons in, in and around like my local hood. And I was like, yeah, why not? Why not just do that so that you can say, 
at the end of the summer, yeah, you know what? I chose to do that as part of my COVID altered, you know, sort of way of being. So even though would I have obviously loved to do it in real time and be in Ontario right now on my way towards, you know, running into the States, you bet I would. But maybe that's not what the plan was, right? Because, you know, maybe if the if the goal is to be healthy and to live, <laughs> then, you know, till they say that we can like go different places and, you know, get a shot or whatever it'll end up becoming, then okay, we got to buy into what, what we need to do, right? So, you know. Like we can all do something. I think that's what's, that's, what's really cool. And, you know, like you said, some people for them, the greatest thing might be realizing like that they could cook or somebody, somebody might go, you know what? I've always wanted to play the piano. Some guy might go, you know what? I've always wanted to learn how to play guitar. Right. Some people, some people might find their voice because they think like, Oh God, I suck. Are you kidding me? But they might start singing online and people go, Oh my God, what a voice. Right you know, or writers or, I mean, it's, you know, um, you know, my nemesis is technology. So I'm actually trying to use the COVID alteredness to go, okay, it's time to learn technology. So, you know, um, me and my buddy, um, we're going to start doing our a podcast as well. Um, and I feel like such an idiot saying that because I know it scares the crap out of me because I'm so bad at technology. So, you know, it's, uh, but you know, Hey, what would Ed say, right? He would just say, oh, your feet. just keep kicking your feet, young man. <laughs> you know, so thank God I could do Ed. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, now I kind of want to get into your casting story for Ed, Ed and Eddie, though. Could you maybe talk to me about that? Mm. Absolutely. Um, it's amazing because that show to this day um, in, in animation a lot of the times they write the shows long so they know that they'll they'll basically fix it in post so they'll have like pickup sessions right say like ah yeah you know what that whole last section of the show didn't work so we rewrote a whole bit ed ed netty only show we never had pickups because the creator danny antonucci who's brilliant um and all his writers and all his different people who um you know got cast in the show um had this vision that, you know, as long as us actors stuck to the script and came and were completely all of our characters, um, you know, we, we had a worked hard and, you know, we had an amazing experience, you know, and um, but even getting the, the role, um, you know, was a record setter because we we'd never done eight callbacks before on on animation. You know, usually you might you might read for it, then you get a callback and then maybe if they didn't know yet, they'd still maybe hold another casting session. But on Ed, Ed, and Eddie, it was probably eight call, like eight official callbacks where it then came down to like the three Eds, kind of like me and Sam and Tony getting called in at the same time. And we would do our lines and then we'd get like shuffled out. And then another group of three would go in, you know, and we'd think I'm like, oh, okay, those must be the three Eds that are being considered. Oh, we're the three Eds too. Oh, okay. And, and so we got down to the wire that way. Um, and and then when they finally, like, you know, out of desperation one day, I had no idea what he wanted. Because Danny, God love him, he had it all in his head. So if we didn't do it, he'd be like, oh, why aren't they getting it? Like, you know, and like like he'd do this a lot. And, you know, and back when you could smoke in a studio, you know, he'd be like, be like, what's, they're, they're not getting it, right? And, and then one time out of sheer desperation, I, I like, I, I, um, I tapped on the mic, which as you know, you don't do. 
but I tapped on it and I heard this, you know, dum, 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 you know, and I see the, you know, the engineer going like, what are you doing? Right. And I'm like, oh, uh, excuse me. Um, how do you get water from this thing here? Right. That's the only thing that came to my brain. And I see Danny go, oh, my God, did you record that? Right. And the guy's like, yeah. And I'm going to kill Matt because he just like, you know, tapped on my mic. But he comes in, he goes, play him what he just did. Right. So um, so they play it to me. And, then, you know, you hear this. You know, how do you get water from this thing here? And Danny goes, do that. That is Ed. So if you have to listen to that line for like the rest of the show, do that. And you've got the part basically. Right. And uh, oh, it, it was amazing because I, I was so scared that any second I was going to get like turfed off the show. But, you know, for the first few episodes, um, you know, if I got off. If I got off Ed a little bit, like, you know, I'd see Danny kind of going like, ah, he's not getting it. I'd be like, ah, play me the thing, you know? And and so, you know, it was it was kind of like one of these kind of like, ah, don't hurt me, <laughs> you know? But then they'd play the line and I'd be like, okay, how do you get water from this thing? Okay. And then as we went along, that's, you know, Danny just said, he's like, dude, I, I hired you because you bring this thing to Ed that's supposed to just kind of be vacant, right? So... On all the other shows, we are supposed to read the script a ton, learn the lines a ton, you know, kind of know what we've pre-worked out. But he said with Ed, he's like, I don't want you to read the script. I just want you to come in, read it like the morning of the show, and just come in completely like he's like like how they animated it, him coming in from left field all the time, or right field, or from above, right? So that it's always just like a, oh, hi, buddy, <laughs> right? Or, you know, or you but your Bippy, right? Or whatever, you know, his one-liners kind of were, right? Mm. You know, whereas, whereas Double D, right? Messy, messy, messy. I mean, you know, like, you know, Sammy had to do like a whole different thing on it, you know? And Tony playing Eddie, he is Eddie. He's like, you know, <laughs> he's like, all three of us really kind of are these characters, you know, I hate to say. <laughs> Actually, I don't say hate to say. I, I feel quite... Uh, quite an affinity to my friend it's like pretty good he's one of my best friends man so you know <clears throat> sorry that was a bit of a long-winded way to get around to the cast so sorry <laughs> no you're fine i was just gonna ask though because you uh were you surprised at kind of how it snowballed into what it is now in the sense of the lasting impact that it's had absolutely dude you know it's funny as actors also in that time frame I was, you know, because I'm not tech savvy. I didn't have a computer. I didn't read the sort of like the industry paper, you know, papers and stuff. I didn't, I wasn't on whatever the hell social media was before Facebook. Um, I don't even know. But I didn't, I sort of like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't, I wasn't, a, I, didn't, I didn't watch video games. I didn't play video games. I barely watched the, the shows that I was part of. To me, I was an actor and that was where I just, it's like it's what I did. Right. Um, but we started to like we'd get notes from the producers and from Cartoon Network saying, you know, like, well done, guys. We're, you know, we're number one all around the world or, you know, way to go, guys. We're number one and blah, 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 blah. And 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 so we we would get like trappings of how popular the show was. Um, but honestly, never in my wildest dreams did I realize um, it wasn't until we went out on our on our run for one planet tour. So when we ran across Canada and around the States, um, it was by going into the schools, especially when we got into America, when holy crap, dude, like, you know, I would literally, you know, there'd be like 
2,000 kids in this auditorium. You know, I'd be like, oh, who wants to save the planet with Ed and Stephanie? That was my partner at the time. Um, and, you know, and you'd, you'd have 2,000 kids and their teachers losing their proverbial you-know-what, right? And it was like, oh, my God, that's the gift. Because then they'd come up with, like, you know, and we'd have, like, the whole school would line up afterwards and wait, you know, for Ed's autographs. So I'm signing, like, foreheads and arms and, like, you know, <laughs> like different body parts and stuff. But it was more so because this this character in this show had impacted them so big, right? Um, you know, and so for me, it was a daily feedback loop of kids going, oh my God, thank you for being Ed, or thank you for being Raphael in the Ninja Turtles, or, you know, being one of the Care Bears. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a way of, I always knew I was grateful for the career that I have, but I didn't actually know the impact that these characters had on other people. It, do you know what I mean? You know, like, you know, for, you know, for teachers to come up to me and go, you know, dude, I literally chose to be a teacher because I grew up in a rough neighborhood and my, you know, my parents had a really tough go, but, you know, watching the Ninja Turtles or as a kid watching Ed, Ed, and Eddie teaches them that they're not a loser, teaches them that they're, it's, it's actually awesome to be unique because, you know, you're the only one that's you, right? And I think in these ways, these characters in these shows showed kids, you know what, it's okay to be me, right? And so then in, in real time, you know, we're running to these schools and then, you know, they find out that I'm Ed and then I actually let it fly that I am by letting it be part of the presentation. And oh my God, it was like, it was like mind blowing. It was just like this massive love in because, you know, it's like, you know, kids were so happy that Ed was here or Raph was here or the guy that played blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, oh my God, you guys just gave me the best confirmation of the life that I chose to be an actor in the first place. So, so in a way I had these constant, like, wow, what an amazing snowball effect of choosing to answer what that, that whisper was saying to me at 13 to say, Hey dude, get on that bus, go, you know, go get an agent because I never would have like, it never would have given me this life. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously I would have chose to be, to do something else, but man, so glad I answered the call, you know? Yeah. And, that, and, and little did I know that answering the call for say voiceover and, and animation would then be able to so deeply connect with all those kids and teachers. Right. You know, I mean, being able to talk to like 50, I don't know, we talked to about 50,000 kids in my guess what, 220 school presentations. That to me is the lasting legacy of being able to say, Hey man, I ran around North America and it was, it was a, it was a life-changing experience, you know? Um, Cause for me, it wasn't so much about the running, even though we were running, um, it was more so the people, the people contact and, and, and these types of conversations one-on-one -on -one or with a group of 2000 kids and their teachers. Right. You know, cause the energy in the room is like, Oh my God, it's, it's like, it's insane. So good, you know. We just called that the positive trade, <laughs> you know. You know. And, yeah. So go ahead. I think that it's a lost art in having like a lasting impact or the way that others perceive <laughs> you. And I think that there's no better thing than putting your all into something and then having people admire you for it. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's interesting though too, Mike. It's like, and you know, even say in animation or let's say this this route that I took, there are so many other people that are also a part of this, right? So just like you, you look in your life and you go, oh my God, there's there's so many there's so many people in the cog of you know family, friends, local heroes, right? That that like if you said, hey, hey, Mike's posse, can you help me with this? Because I'm really thinking I'm gonna reach for this. You'd have, right? You'd have your people that go, yeah, Mike, I'm in. Tell me what you need, brother. I'm there for you. I feel that same thing. I've, I've, I've had that posse of, of people, right? Um, local heroes near and far and, you know, in sort of in support of my life. Um, and then especially when I reached out to sort of with, you know, with our Run for One Planet to go and inspire the continent. Um, oh, my God. You know. For me, local heroes near and far is the it's the truth of it for me, right? Because people get inspired seeing somebody. I think we get inspired when we actually see somebody doing what it is they say they're going to do. Doesn't mean they're not going to crap the bed a lot. Doesn't mean they're going to fall down lots. But it it's literally it's it's like it's instead of just talking about something, you actually go, no, you know what? I am going to do something, right? You know, it'd be like if you if you were still talking to yourself going like yeah you know let's just start that podcast yeah yeah and then you know you're like oh i still haven't had a guest no no you know what? i'm still gonna start that podcast right you wouldn't have given yourself the gift of of, of going all right now's the time right because like what was the first day like for you to do that wow yeah it, it was crazy because actually the funny thing about it was so this whole pandemic started, obviously, which was roughly what early March, basically. Like, yeah, um, my yeah. birthday was actually March seventh. So, oh, oh, my happy sp- birthday! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so my spring break, the last was starting on that first day, which was March seventh, because the day before was a Friday, and right. that was the last day before we uh, all went on to uh, spring break for my university. So on my birthday, I went to New York City, which obviously, you know, caught it the worst. And then when I came back that Monday, the 9th after my birthday, I went down to visit my uh, grandparents because they lived down south from me towards like the shore type area. And while I was down down there, I was in the gym and they had a TV in the gym. And that was when I first saw the news about the pandemic. And I wasn't really sure how to grasp it. So I had already like over that weekend kind of with the idea of I want to start something. Yeah. But I didn't know it was going to become a podcast up until I basically couldn't do anything else. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to do like a, uh, I wanted to do a a vlog type of like where I was going type of thing. Like kind of like my, not adventure, so to speak, but kind of like, you know, you know what a vlog is like say if you're going somewhere and you record everything you're doing like a video log, you know? And that's pretty much what I wanted to do up until I pretty much couldn't. So then I was like, well, I got to do something, you know what I mean? So that's when it kind of evolved into talking to like MTV people. And then all it took was one time for it to catch kind of steam. And then it just, yeah. So you, so you're saying that your first get, like you decided on your first guest and you said, you know what, I'm going to reach out to like MTV. Is that what you're saying? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Because why not, man? You think you got nothing to lose. 
right? It's uh, that's awesome. You know, it's so funny that you're um, because now is that because you did you used to watch MTV or were you connected with MTV at all? Like you know, like growing up or so. Actually, the the funny part about it again is because pretty much majority of the guests on here are MTV because there's this one show on MTV called The Challenge, which oh, okay. I it's pretty. I don't really watch a whole lot of TV, so to speak. Yeah. I'm usually like kind of just like a reader or news, whatever's on my phone. So that's yeah. kind of like the one show that I watch. And I had a friend who I was working a summer job and which my summer job was like kind of like a counselor type role where I was playing like the role of kind of like a medic. Cause I held a first aid kit and kind of like watched the gate. So like, cause obviously I'm watching little kids and stuff. So I'm at a playground yeah. and actually a giants player showed up at the park and he, <laughs> and he was asking me questions and everything and I got his number. So then years down the line, this was like three or two years ago, my that's first awesome. podcast episode was with him. Yeah. So, oh, that's, that's, so I already knew him. See, isn't that cool though? Because like sometimes you have that moment and that's your moment. Right? You didn't know that's, then take the moment. It was like that split moment clicked in my head. I was like, wait. Yeah. Like, and then I texted him, and then that was it. Yeah. That's great. So. What, what did you say to him three years ago? Do you go, uh, I think I'm going to do a podcast in three years. Do you think, like, how did that, like, or did you just say, like, dude, you're really cool. Can I, like, can I keep connecting with you? So kind of how it was, was he had his own kind of, uh, he was running, like, his own sort of, fitness um oh, like thing yeah to where he was having clients and stuff so i went to a few of his to help like kind of promote and get his thing on the ground because th he lived here at the time obviously playing for the giants yeah so i i basically kind of was doing his classes to help him out and also help get the word out to other people to maybe get him clients and then basically along the way like we kept casual touch and then it wasn't until like recently where i decided you know what, I'm going to have this podcast, but then I decided, who am I going to get as a guest? And I was like, and then it clicked in my head. Oh my God, he's the best guy. Oh. Yeah. Cool, man. Right on. So then now you're saying snowballed then, um, how has it snowballed in a different way? As well, just like literally being able to just like connect with lots of people and stuff. Or do you have lots of listeners that have started like filing on as well? Yeah, so kind of how it worked was I had reached out to kind of cast members from the show and then but they were sort of like cast members that took a few seasons off of the show so they weren't essentially like currently on it's where they could like kind of say more because they have like a disclosed contract and stuff like that yeah but the one guy that i had on he knew two of the current cast members from the season very well and he like kind of dropped like this sort of um like news that like nobody really knew about and then that caught steam and tied into what was currently happening on the current oh, show so then it, all it took was one person to yeah. kind of see um, that and all of a sudden it, it was in like a showbiz article saying that they were talking about it on my podcast and i was oh, like that's crazy like woohoo thank yeah. <laughs> that's cool dude. right on right on man yeah yeah so that's awesome that's really cool. Right on, man. Um, so what else can I share with you, brother? 
I get I got about another like five six minutes, and then my my timer's gonna go off for another. I guess I got a I got literally because if I don't because I got another podcast that I'm doing in a half hour like right after, and I gotta just eat and uh, be able to you know be able to like get my brain back together here. So you know, um, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I I, I kind of want to ask you now though. One second, um, Mike. Yes, sir. Sorry. Yeah, did um, did your roles in the Ninja Turtles and the um, Care Bears kind of did that tie into um, the Ed Ed Nettie role? Did, did you kind of get noticed from that, or was that kind of like a separate entity? Nah, it's a, you know every it's funny because in some respects they don't tie in, but in many ways they all tie in. You know, you know, obviously that's a that's a you know ambiguous um, you know answer, but it really is because on one hand. You know, sometimes a, a show that you've done, the producer from another show, you know, goes, oh, my God, I heard you on that. Oh, my God, this is great. But in, you know, in Vancouver, especially, say, in the 90s and, the say, the early 2000s, the pool was relatively small. So, you know, we were really blessed to be able to go, you know what, you kicked butt on that show. Why don't you read for this show, too? And so, you know, really, it was kind of like a voice off all the time. We'd be just be, you know, coming up with different stuff and and um in some respects you know it's funny the only way like recently there's a show i did um called super noobs um and the creator of that um scott fellows um that was where he said i want matt hill i want him to come in because i loved his portrayal of ed i want him to come in and read for this certain this character you know turned out to be a, a guy named tyler on the show um and so that's the that's probably the most recent where, you know, someone else went like, oh, my God, yeah, because I loved Ed, Ed, Nettie. You know, can you, you know, not do it like Ed, but can you just bring something crazy to this, you know, to the character, right? So, um, so you know, it, it's, I think in, in some respects, I always look at it as every gig kind of elevates to lead to the next one because you're staying in the, you know, the animated energy. You're staying in sort of like the, you know, the, the, I don't know, the sphere or whatever, right? You know, um, you know, and just like when you say haven't been in there for a bit, right? It, it can start to feel a little stale because you go like, oh man, I know there's stuff still going on, but you know, and sometimes that's just the way sometimes it just goes, right? Sometimes you do have to have a bit of a quiet period so that it forces you to either take a break or go do something different or add to what it is that you already do, but bring a fresh take on it. Right. So, you know, that's definitely, you know, mm -hmm. so that's, that's what I've been in for sure. Yeah. I definitely got to ask you kind of this last one though, to kind of, kind of like a curveball question. Cause like, obviously you're used to being an actor, not so to speak a producer, but I want to ask you maybe as like an outside kind of perspective, yes. why do you feel as though Cartoon Network these days kind of uh, fizzled out? Oh, God, that's a good question. I have no idea. I didn't realize it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost like sometimes there's a season, sometimes there's a decade, sometimes there's more multiple de decades, especially in the creative realm. Um, and I think with Ed, Ed, Nettie, it just happened to hit when that was really like, it was, I don't know, sometimes, and also too, a, like a crap load of work. 
on the, you know, on Danny's part and everybody who worked on that show, you know, really, really worked hard. I mean, we, you know, everybody kind of gave it their all. Right. And so it was that perfect combination, I think, whereas now, you know, cause someone asked a couple of weeks ago, do you think like if Ed, Ed and Eddie came back, would like, you guys think you would? And I'm like, I don't think it'll ever come back. Cause I, I don't think like something you can't read. It'd be like Seinfeld going, Hey guys, we're going to come back on the air, <laughs> you know? I mean, it might work, but, you know, I mean, I guess there's been a few shows that come back, like um, Will and Grace, I hear, is really good. You know, I never watched it, but, you know, there's some that come back that that it picks up where it left off, and it's it's new enough that it's new, but it's still the same enough that people go like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, I can hug this show, right? Um, but with Cartoon Network, pff, I have no idea, you know, I mean, it's, who knows, you know? Maybe you should get them on a pie on your podcast. <laughs> Hey, who knows? Just saying, just saying. Have, you know. One little thing, though, that I'm curious about, because obviously Ed, Ed, and Eddie was w one of my probably, if not my favorite um, show to be on Cartoon Network, but another one was Billy <clears throat> and Mandy. Did you happen to ever, uh, you know, watch that, or you have any thoughts on it? No. Oh, I apologize. No, I didn't. Um, wow. You know, and just so much of the time, because like I say, as an actor, I'm busy getting new gigs. We're working on the gigs that I'm on, and I just have to just love, you know, because I'm running and swimming and biking everywhere all the time. So that's where I like to spend my sort of like free time, you know. Um, so um, if you, you know, if you talk to maybe one of the other cast members, maybe they might. I don't know. Maybe you know, like if you talk to, if I connect you with um, with Double D with Sam. I bet you he'd be, you know, he'd, be, he'd probably give you a different take on it. <laughs> hey, bring, bring him on here. I'm more than well, willing to have him. Yeah, on. absolutely. If you want to, if you want to interview him, I'd be happy to introduce you to him. He's a, he's a, he is a fine fellow. And my, yeah, my okay. first going off, so it's going to be really rude in a second. It's like, uh, it's, it gives, it's given me the one minute warning. <laughs> no no problem. But I, uh, it'll be like going beep, beep. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to uh, do this with me today. It was uh, very insightful, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, I even got to share a little bit of my story as well. Oh. I think we had a great yeah. conversation. Absolutely, man. Thank you. And um, thank you for from Ed and everybody. Oh, there, the timer is going. Um, the uh, but, but truly, man, thank you for um, for asking because you just don't know, right, until you ask. And then, you know, so um, so thank you for that, man. And thanks for sharing your story, too, because – to me, it's what we need more of, right? It's like now's the time when, you know, maybe doing this a lot more really does help us all come together, right? You know, because as cheesy as some people might think it is, we really are all in this together. We're, you know, we're all on the same spinning marble in space, man. <laughs> so, you know, let's make it great while we're here, you know? So, yep. And have uh, luck take with you as well. Take care. Okay, buddy. You're a good man. See you, Mikey. Bye. See you.